Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life podcast. This is show nine and it's all about skin. I'm your host, Alex Stewart, and I want to thank everybody who has listened to the show so far and enjoyed the first few episodes and been giving us feedback. Our star rating is five star. I'm so excited. So if you want to hit the star yourself because you've been enjoying the shows or getting some value from them, I would so appreciate a star or a quick one-liner review if you have time. Now, today's show, as I said, it's about the skin and it's really about making sure we strengthen ourselves from the inside out as well as knowing what to do when we do have skin flare-ups of various kinds. And we're dealing with the really big common ones, so eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis, hives, and a couple of other unusual ones that come up. Because it seems to me these days, every second person out there has some sort of topical cream they need for this or an itch there or breakout there. And we're so fragile and we don't need to be this fragile. And partly it's because of our fear of bacteria of all kinds with, you know, the whole world seems to be 99.9% bacteria free. Um, However, we cannot ignore that we ourselves are made up only of 10% human cells and 90% bacterial cells. If you think about the quantity of uh, overall cells on and in the human body. So bacteria is super important and it is very often our friend. So today's chat is very much also helping to make us not so terrified of that, as well as look into uh, common causes and common ways to turn around skin issues. If you're someone or if you have a friend who has them, I would love for you to share this podcast. So in the show notes today, I will also have for you a brilliant offer that Valida have given us. Now, this is one of my, or you can say Walida, but I always like to try and use the correct pronunciation from the um, the original brand. And this is a brand that's been around for many, many years. And I, I really, really am a big fan. And I've spoken to Liesl, actually, who's the our guest today, Liesl Barnard. She is the resident naturopath for Valida, which is why I was able to get us a little partner offer here and it's a good one. It's actually not little at all. It's 20% off the Valida range and free delivery over $29.95. So you head to walida.com.au and you use our special shopping code LOWTOXLIFE, all one word, and I've got all of those details for you in the show notes. It's available for the whole of September, and if you haven't dug into this range, we mention a couple of the products today that are specifically awesome for uh, skin issues, but there are many other products, and I'm just going to shout one of my favorites, which is the Smoothing uh, Night Cream, the Rose Smoothing Night Cream. If you're scared of those really like granny rose uh, fragrances and you think, oh, then that's for super old people. Uh, Please, this is the freshest, most gorgeous scent, all natural, no weird nasties, hormone disruptors, all that crazy stuff in mainstream cosmetics and prestige cosmetics and um, and just such a good face cream. I love it. So that's that's my probably my favourite product from the range as well as the Sea Buckthorn Body Wash, which is divine, and um, all of their Arnica products especially. I love being a half Frenchie. Arnica is to us what Windex is to the Greeks. It fixes everything and, uh, you know, you got a bump, you got a bruise, you got any issue. Everyone is always pulling out Arnica from their handbags if you're around French people and my family is no exception. So enjoy today's chat. Enjoy making the most of that brilliant and super generous offer for us for the month of September and I will speak to you after the show. 
Hello, Liesl Barnard. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Alex. Um, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. That's good. Now, I'm just going to have to share with the listeners, I actually just had to move you before we started recording because I could hear literally the ocean lapping up on your shore <laughs> in the background. So you've now had to move rooms. Where do you live? I live in Diamond Bay, right, the, right oh, on the cliffs beautiful. there. So, Oh, as one of my neighbours said, a cl- cliffs of in- insanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's really wild around there. Wild. I used to live just around the corner. <laughs> and if you don't know this spot in Sydney, the next time you either visit Sydney or for locals, you absolutely have to head to Vaucluse and check out the Diamond Bay Walk because it is stunning. Yes, it is absolutely now, we're not here to talk about cliff walks and, and the ocean today. We're here to talk about something a little bit more serious, right. and that is all the issues of the skin. And the reason I wanted to bring you on, you're obviously a naturopath by trade. You have a clinical practice, and you've also been the in-house naturopath for the beautiful brand, which I know and love, Valida, for eight years. And I think in in the chats that we've had both offline and around some of the e-courses that I run, you're very passionate in part because you've also struggled with issues with your skin in the past yourself and that always makes us more passionate about an issue especially. Yes, um, but you, true. Yeah, but it, it seems to me like every second family is making regular trips to pharmacies or doctors to discuss dermatitis, psoriasis, hives and uh, and eczema and the like. And it just, I mean, we cannot accept this as the new normal. I, I really feel quite passionate about that. And the reason we're chatting mm-hmm. today is for you to perhaps help us demystify the difference between each of the major skin issues and disorders and to start just thinking about little lifestyle changes we can make, whether it's what we're putting in us, on our skin, and, um, and how we can generally strengthen our bodies to maybe make skin issues a little bit less of an issue. <laughs> issue, yep. issue, issue, issue. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yep. No, I completely agree. There's definitely things that we can do. Yeah, great. So where should we start? Can we just start maybe picking apart each major skin disorder? And could you just tell us what what they are? So let's, for example, if we started with psoriasis, I think I could list off the top of my head about 10 different friends who either have or have had psoriasis in the past. What is it? Okay, so psoriasis is seen as an autoimmune disease. It's a chronic in- inflammatory skin condition and um, it's, it has very clearly defined edges. So it's red and it's scaly and it's dry. And how it's different from eczema, it has a very clearly defined edge. It's usually, um, you, you find it on the scalp. That's usually where it begins. And then also on the outside of the elbows and the outside of the knees. Okay. The itch is quite mild, not as itchy as eczema. And um, the peak onset is between 15 and 25 years. And then again from 50 to 60 years. Ah, right. So, so it's not yes. this one you don't necessarily see so much in children as you do in young adults and the, the, the later years. The later years, that's right. Yes. So, yes, actually very rare in children mm-hmm. to have psoriasis. Luckily. Yeah, very good. I mean, they've got enough yeah. to deal with, right? Exactly. So exactly. you mentioned it was different to eczema in the sense that it has a defined edge. You can see the parameters mm-hmm. of it really clearly. So what is eczema and how does it differ? Okay, yeah, so, so eczema is also an um, inflammation of the skin. Also dry, cracked and red skin. Mm-hmm. Um, psoriasis usually has a fine silvery 
um, just layer on top of it. Okay. Um, which you don't often find on eczema. And as I've mentioned before, eczema is very, very itchy. Yeah. Um, and it comes and goes in phases. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's also different from psoriasis. Because psoriasis, if you don't treat it, it's persistent. It just, it stays there. As with eczema, as we all probably know who have eczema, it can get better by itself sometimes and then it gets worse again. And so it goes in different phases, basically. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. And eczema affects anyone and everyone, possibly? Well, it could, but mostly children. And usually the onset is in um, early childhood. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come back to each of these individually and talk treatment cause and possible support. So let's keep going for now. Dermatitis. So dermatitis is actually, it's the same as eczema. So derma means skin and itis means inflammation. So it means inflammation of the skin. So we usually use these two terms, eczema and dermatitis, Mm -hmm. interchangeably. Um, I think in Australia, when we talk about dermatitis, we usually talk about something that's a bit more short term, like contact dermatitis. Mm -hmm. And usually when we talk about eczema, something that's a little bit more long term. Okay, right. So while they might essentially be the same thing, Mm -hmm. dermatitis is kind of, it can be one of those temporary presentations that, you know, I've had a a number of friends say, oh, if I do too much washing up, I seem to get dermatitis, Um, you know, which is a wonderful (laughs) excuse to handball it to someone else in the household. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a dermatitis. And that's basically, that's contact dermatitis. You have inflammation of of the skin because of the water and soap Mm -hmm. so yeah yep okay and then hives outbreaks which obviously affect our skin as well and can look and feel varying levels of itchy and pronounced Mm. what's that all about okay yeah so hives are little wheel like swellings it's basically looks identical to mosquito bites Mm -hmm. um it's very common in children and they usually disappear by themselves after a few minutes to a few hours. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a, a reaction to food, plants, animals, medication, or even an infection. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they are very, very itchy, if I haven't mentioned that before. Oh, They're- I know it. That's what I get when <laughs> I um, am accidentally glutened. I'm gluten-free because I have an allergy. Mm. And uh, yeah, if I eat gluten, my whole forehead just breaks out in hives and I feel terrible for about three hours and then it goes away mm. oh that is just awful i'm so glad you found oh, the course i suffered from that. it for so long yeah. i can't tell you for yeah it just wow. it took until i was 28 years old to to realize and pinpoint oh my goodness i know and yeah. i think a lot of people with these issues you know because the treatment seems to be quite um, pharmaceutical and cream based and you kind of end up on this cycle where you have to keep on the creams because if you don't use them, then it comes back and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it feels like what I would love for us to get to today in our chat is for people to see how they can think outside the box to perhaps start strengthening from the inside out as well as using things that are more gentle and more solution-oriented rather than covering up symptoms. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes Brilliant. sense. Brilliant. Sure. I know this is yeah. what you do, yeah. so this is good. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> okay, it's so funny so... chatting to someone when you, you've chatted about this a lot. 
I just think, I just don't want to make sure for our beautiful listeners that there's not a sense of assumed knowledge. So, yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. That's really true. Yes, okay. So, but let's, let's go back to the cause. Yes, please. Because that's probably the best place to start. Mm-hmm. So, should we tackle psoriasis first? Well, let's t- let's talk about all underlying skin. All of them. Okay, yes. beautiful. Yes, let's talk about all skin because they 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 do the causes do overlap. So the underlying cause of most of our skin issues is the interaction between our genes and our modern industrialized diet and environment. Right. And so we can see a very clear example of this by looking at uh, uh, the group of children in Australia that's the most at risk of developing eczema. And allergies, and that's children that's born in Australia uh, to Asian parents. Right. So yes, yes. So that gives you a good clue. There's something going on. There's something going on between the genes, and so something going on in our environment, modern environment, that causes uh, these allergies. And another example that illustri- illustrates this really well is is the um, is migration studies that show that when traditional societies like the Canadian e- Inuit, for instance, mm-hmm. if they adopt a more westernized diet, then the incidence of acne in teenagers increase wow. exponentially, basically. And and while they, you know, when they were on a more traditional diet, acne were very rare mm-hmm. in those populations. So these these studies give us a clue, basically, that there's something in our diet and in our environment that causes this inflammation. Yeah. So. If I then look at, um, so let's, so if we look at um, the, you know, deeper causes, uh, what we think is that the Western lifestyle and Western diet causes immune system dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And what um, research shows is that children that had natural births, that grow up with a dog inside a home, that have older siblings, that have contact with dirt, or that grow up in rural areas, all of those children have a, less of a risk of developing allergies and eczema. Interesting. And this really ties back to the work that Western A. Price did, the famous dentist who travelled for 10 years in the 1930s. That's a brilliant book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, if anyone wants to nerd out on this study, which basically he went and visited all of these traditional cultures and he wasn't looking at it through the lens of discovering things about skin disorders. He was looking at tooth decay. But what you could extrapolate out of what you've just said, coupled with what Western A. Price discovered in the 1930s, was that there is something about the Western diet that is causing degeneration, however that might present. Mm-hmm. And in however many instances it might present varies, but it definitely, there's a correlation. And one of my favourite stories is his study of a little town in Switzerland that the first time he passed through didn't have a railroad yet. Mm-hmm. And then the second time, about eight years later, he passes back through there. They did have a railroad. They were starting to accept trade and barter for white flour and white sugar, which they hadn't had any exposure to before. This town hadn't even had a dentist before <laughs> and all of a sudden needed one. And it was just such an obvious look at this one tweak in moving towards a more refined 
version of the flour a, a Swiss family might have used to, to create their sourdough or a very simple sap-like or unrefined sugar that they might have used for the odd cake and things, all of a sudden white flour, white sugar proliferates and so do the, the issues. So it's so interesting that you've said it's also shown between traditional cultures mm-hmm. moving and changing mm-hmm. to a Western diet as well. Fascinating. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Specifically, if you want to look more into it, there's uh, studies on the Inuits, Canadian Inuits, and then also on the Okiwa, Okiwanan, Okiwa, <laughs> the, the Japanese. We'll pop it in the, the show Japanese. notes. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese from Okinawa. Okinawa, yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> yes. Interesting. My Japanese is not very no, good. No, no, that's okay. I did it for a term and couldn't get my head around the characters, so it's fine. That's both of us. But uh, we do actually have a few Japanese listeners, so I will list that in the show notes for us. If you could send me the study, okay, please, sure. Liesl, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. Because I think, you know, often these chats give us a taste for uh, things, and if someone out there is affected by any um, particular skin condition and wants to start reading up, quite often you have to to start reading up, not to convince yourself who's already on the journey of thinking outside the box, but family members and possibly your parents of an older generation to show, you know, this, I'm not a, a hippie woo-woo person family. <laughs> this is science and data showing us that the changes we've made are unfortunately um, contributing to the increase in these issues. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And, and we're so lucky because there's just so much more research done on, on all of these things. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do you want to take us next? So, um, so you were talking about refined foods, mm-hmm. and then what I also also will bring in because of course there's there's many factors and many issues in the Western diet. The one factor that you know is one of my also favorite factors to talk about is the hygiene hypothesis. Ah, so, yes, of course. Yeah. the the antibacterial <laughs> um, overkill. Pardon the pun. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So. So we, 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 what we think is that children are born with more of an allergic immune system, mm-hmm. if you like. And by being exposed to non-pathogenic bacteria, which means harmless bacteria or good bacteria, and that's, what's, and that's what you get exposed to if you grow up in the country and if you have older siblings and you have a dog inside, and of course if you have a natural birth as well. Mm-hmm. So by being exposed to that bacteria and those bacteria growing in your gut, they will basically train your immune system to be more tolerant right. of, of harmless substances like foods and pollens and dust and those type of things. They basically train your immune system to be more tolerant. So it's almost like a, a natural immune strengthening tool to get down and dirty. Yes, yes. Mm. yes. And um, I don't know if you've read gut. I, yes, um, it's fantastic. Yes, and yes. we've got that in the show notes today as well. I've already put yes. it in there because I just, <laughs> everyone has to read that book. Yeah. Yes, every single person has to read that book. It's fantastic. And she talks about that, that, um, that factor as well. Mm. So, so that's really interesting. Um, another factor that's really important for your immune system and, and a healthy functioning immune system is vitamin D. Mm. And and so studies have shown that um, babies who are vitamin D deficient were three times more likely to develop a food allergy. Wow. Mm. Do you think, and I know this could be controversial, but I'm just going to tangent there anyway, do you think we are over-covering up our small people with sunscreens? 
Mm. <laughs> I, I told you it was going to be controversial. I warned you. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's, it's a hard one for, because, you know, the skin does age. Uh, sorry, the sun does age our skin. Yeah. Um, and for, for me personally, I do cover up because mm. um, I think I already have enough skin uh, sun damage. Oh, and so, I, I might add in here yes. as well that I'm a huge proponent for wearing sunscreen of the natural kind, especially. Yes. And yes, um, yes. I'll pop my favourite two in the show notes for anyone that's interested because today is all about the skin and obviously using something more natural means we're going to have less, um, less icky stuff on our skin, which could cause reactions as well, which is also great. But yes. But, you know, at eight in the morning, if you're taking your little one down to the shops in the pram uh, in the winter time mm. or even the, the autumn or spring, I do think there's a certain element of overkill. Very, and, yes. you know, just chatting to your natural practitioner or even your doctor and just finding out what the UV time is in your area for when you really should start covering up yes. could be a fantastic thing to do to just think, you know what, it's eight in the morning, let's just have a little play on the local beach or in the local park and get some of that vitamin D because getting it from the sun is going to give you far more assimilation than trying to pop a pill or add it through your food it, it the sun is just it's so healing I mean we all feel so good when we're in the sun there's a reason for that yes that's right and the sun also helps to lower our blood pressure yeah I'm sure you know mm, about that too absolutely yeah as you sun on on naked skin yes you can and but I actually do this personally myself I check um, the Bureau of Meteorology every day to, they have a UV index. Yes, they do. A girlfriend yes. of mine alerted me to this. It's so yeah. handy. Mm. Yeah, so basically just Google BOM, mm-hmm. UV index Sydney, and you will be able to find it for, for every single day. And so the last two months, it's been very low to moderate. There might be might be only moderate just between one and two during the day, mm-hmm. and that's when you need sun protection at the moment in, in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be resources which um, we'll have in the show notes as well yes. that are more global. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That's yes. great. Okay. Yeah. So get down and dirty in the dirt. Maybe have a look at times that are safe for you to be uncovered for a half hour in the direct sunlight so that you can absorb more vitamin D. Are there any other factors? Yeah. So we, and I think it's something that we sort of know on a, a deeper level as well already, but studies have shown that severe stress can cause immune system dysfunction and that can then develop into autoimmune diseases like psoriasis. Mm. So we know there's a link especially between psoriasis and, and stress. So, um, of course, a little bit of stress is, is good for you. It helps you grow. It might, keeps you active. But um, severe stress is not good for anybody yeah. at any level. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yes. And in terms of our children, because I, I know so many children who are affected, especially by eczema, we've seen them through the course so much, uh, the Go Low Tox course especially, uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, with Thrive as well, which is coming up because food can affect our skin as well. Are there any particular foods that you feel, other than obviously the refined foods, are there any additives we should be watching out for as well? Any other advice you have there? Yeah, so, um, and I think this is probably quite common knowledge as well. There's basically nine foods that, are, that causes 90% of allergies. Mm-hmm. And those are, that's gluten, dairy, eggs, nuts, tree nuts, mm-hmm. tree nuts, peanuts, 
I think sesame seeds is one as well. A citrus is one as well, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. citrus is one as well. Mm. And seafood and shellfish. Yes. Yeah. So I think those are the nine. So, of course, you don't need to avoid all of those. It's, it's good to um, challenge, you know. So if you think it might be one of, one of those um, nine foods that I've just mentioned, good to then exclude it maybe for two weeks and then challenge yourself. Eat, eat that again and see if that's the problem. Of course, if, 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 if you find it quite hard to do that, it's maybe better to, to go and see a doctor that specialises in allergies as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And naturopaths yeah. have access to a huge amount of tests these days where you can, you can run allergy reports and intolerance tests. And yes. I can't tell you the amount of parents who've simply removed one of the, those nine foods mm-hmm. and gone, wow, okay, yeah. little Jimmy's eczema is actually just gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's fantastic. If it's, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And above mm-hmm. those nine, the universal evils, so none of those foods are evil per se, it's just that an individual might be having an issue with them, but the mm-hmm. universal evils are the highly sprayed foods, the mm-hmm. um, glyphosate-heavy um, foods which we talked about on the pesticide chat if you want to go back to episode four where I chat to Tabitha all about that mm-hmm. and then those additives especially the sulfites which are the 200 preservative um, family yeah and then really just to keep it simple is really just stick to natural unprocessed food really mm. <laughs> it always comes back to that doesn't and I think you have to go on a journey because when you first start and I remember this well which is why I always recommend to anyone just starting out is just take um, the app Chemical Maze in with you to the supermarket the next time you go and start trying to buy the products that you would normally buy and see what they are for real. Go through the ingredient list and actually use your critical thinking and say, wow, is that actually food or is it perhaps more more of a freak show? Because mm-hmm. quite often, quite often it is. And if we can just move more from products to produce, we do end up fixing so many of the problems. And I'm a big believer in the fact that we've overdosed on additives and things that weaken our immune system overall in the first place that's causing us now to start having issues with these basic and delicious real foods mm-hmm. like the nuts and and sesame and the shellfish and all of those things you know getting rid of those additives is such a great way in 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 terms of starting to strengthen that body against allergies and healing that gut which it always comes back to as well that's right so yep. Now, you had a bit of a skin issue yourself, Liesl. Can you talk to us about what that one was? Because it's not one of the ones we've already mentioned, but it can be quite common. Yes, apparently it is quite common. I mean, I haven't really seen many people with it. So, yes, I have blepharitis. Mm. And I say have because it is under control at the moment, but I still have it and I still have to look after it. Yeah. And, and that's the case of many chronic conditions. You know, to have a cure is, is quite rare mm. <laughs> i would say yeah um and it's you know we all have our little weak spots and it's basically by just looking after those um those weak spots so i had blepharitis i have black blepharitis and this is inflammation of the eyelids mm-hmm. um and my eyes are also very sensitive and very very dry and so through the years i've been to many different specialists and doctors and i was on long-term antibiotics and I had cortisone eye drops for five years, I think I used them. Mm. And I had to get my styes removed from my eyelids a few times. So, yeah, it was, it, it was quite 
quite something. And I also, of course, tried lots of different diets and exclusion, diet ex exclusions of, of dairy and gluten and all of those things. Lots of herbal supplements and nut uh, uh, nutritional supp supplements as well. And um, it got better about almost now 10 years ago. And at that stage, I was seeing a homeopath for a year. Mm -hmm. And I started reading myself of the cortisone drops. And I also was taking a very strong grapeseed extract, mm -hmm. a double dose grapeseed extract. Um, from a, It's called anthogenol. Mm -hmm. And so it started getting better then. And what was the function of the grapeseed extract? Is that an antioxidant? or Yeah, a yeah. very strong antioxidant. So it helps with inflammation, basically, mm -hmm. chronic inflammation. So, you know, and who knows? Did all of those work or did one of them work? I don't know. I'm just really happy mm -hmm. <laughs> that it got better. Of course, I've also, you know, my diet got better, you know, through the years too. And then I just really look after my eyes. So I just, I don't, I wear minimum amount of makeup, especially eye makeup. I don't wear contact lenses because it really irritates my eyes. And I just don't, whenever I swim in, in the ocean or anywhere, I always wear goggles. So I just really look after them as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the thing, you know, you can, it's a bit of a fork in the road when you have an issue like this. You can either mm -hmm. choose to try and ignore it until it literally blows up in your face and, and then you have a massive issue or you can just be kind to yourself and acknowledge that there's something that's, mm -hmm. you know, your Achilles heel and you've, you've got to nurture yourself to make sure that it stays under control. And That's right, that's right. Often what, what you uncover is a greater level of self-care, which is something not many of us are great at. And I, I really find that sometimes when these health issues happen, it's it's a call to arms for us to look after ourselves a bit better in the first place. That's right, yeah, because the, the blepharitis basically caused me then to study naturopathy to help myself. And, and then you ended up helping many, many people. <laughs> That's right. It's true. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful thing. And this yeah. is another example and so many guests on the show so far. Okay, well, admittedly, we've only had a handful of guests. But if mm -hmm. I think of all of my interviews for the e-courses, there is always this lovely let your mess be your message kind of path that mm -hmm. people, you know, something happens to you and then it makes you do this and then all of a sudden you end up helping way more people than just yourself. Uh, it's just so common for the people who work in health and wellness and I think that's what makes for a really beautiful practitioner or doctor or advocate or farmer when you've got that incredible um, passion behind you to, to then go out and help other people. Yeah, and also empathy. I think mm. if you've never had a, a health condition then might be a bit harder to empathize with other people as well and they absolutely their journey. Yeah. yeah now you mentioned cortisone cream before mm -hmm. is there ever a time and a place you know because i'm a i'm a real believer in the, the fact that there is no black and white and that modern medicine techniques are certainly not the enemy and there, there are many many times that i have absolutely adored being helped by the modern <laughs> modern mm -hmm. medicine practices you know an emergency surgery an emergency c-section where 100 years ago or if i'd gone natural um, my son and i would both have died I think mm -hmm. there are just, it's incredible what we can do with modern medicine. Absolutely. But something 
I do stay is curious about how much we can do naturally to strengthen ourselves as a preventative measure or even to a certain extent reverse severity of symptoms, especially in these skin conditions. But with something like cortisone cream, at the end of the day, it is a steroid which can have other implications and side effects. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely one to stay curious in the face of and keep exploring other options. Is there a time when you would recommend people go to the doctor and get a cortisone cream for one of these um, issues? Yes, definitely. There's definitely a time and place of cortisone cream. Um, and if you use it, let me just add, if you use it as directed by the doctor, there should be minimal side effects. Okay, if great. If there's any side effects. Mm. Um, the whole skin thinning thing, that's not really true. If you use it like the doctor says, you should use it. So, so and yes, definitely, especially if you look at eczema, you know, it can, if it gets really severe, you know, when this uh, the skin is really inflamed and it's cracking and there might even be some exudate, you know, so there's moisture escaping mm-hmm. from the skin, then it really is time to maybe look at cortisone. It can be, uh, you know, if you leave the eczema, don't treat it, then it can actually become very serious, especially for young children, mm. because they can dehydrate and they can get secondary infections. Yeah. And that's good. That could be life-threatening, mm. so it needs to be taken seriously. And also another reason that you need to uh, effectively treat eczema is because um, research now shows that eczema precedes food allergies. Oh, so, okay. Yes. So we, we know that food allergies can cause inflammation in the skin, mm-hmm. but then we also know that eczema can cause food allergies. And so that, the way it happens is because so the eczema basically breaks the, the skin barrier. So the skin barrier is disrupted. And that means that if the skin gets in contact um, with food particles or pollen or mold or dust, those particles can then enter the skin and enter the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then the immune system... So th- this is now a, a foreign particle in the in the bloodstream, and so the immune system will react to that. Yeah, and you will make an antibody. Mm-hmm. And so the next time you inhale pollen, or you eat a certain food, or you're exposed to mold or dust, and you inhale it, you now have an antibody to that particle. Wow! And that's when you then launch a allergic immune reaction to that particle so we really need to wake up if you see a skin <laughs> issue so that this yes. doesn't set this yes. chain of events yes. off okay exactly because then they call it the atopic march mm-hmm. you first have eczema then you present with food allergies then you present with hay fever and then you present with asthma so it's actually so so important to restore your skin's barrier so that nothing enters that your, your, your skin and, like I say, set up an allergic reaction, basically. Wow. So when mm. is the time to go see a practitioner about such things? Literally as soon as you see something pop on your, up on your skin that's not quite right? Well, I would say, you know... Because we don't want to be hypochondriacs either, <laughs> you know. I'm just... You, I, I definitely... Like, exactly. I've heard so many 
interviews where you honestly feel like you're going to die if you don't start taking 5 billion milligrams of vitamin C a day or, you know, <laughs> and you're just, you, you're left with fear. And I never want to leave people feeling fearful. I always yeah. want to leave us with a sense of empowerment around our health and, and some great strategies on what we can do. So let's just say today I started to see a little rough spot on the back of my hand and it started to get itchy. What would be the first things you would do? What would be some of the first aid kind of simple remedies at home? Okay. Yeah, so the first thing I would do is put on a very rich emollient Mm -hmm. and something that maybe also has some anti-inflammatory herbs in there. So the first thing that pops into my mind is skin food. I'll just apply skin food to that immediately. Because oh, some... gosh, that's a great product, isn't yes. it? Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, because, you mm. know, there's chamomile and calendula there, so that will help with the inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the emollient, the rich moisturizer, will help to lock in the moisture. So, so that's, you know, those type of, and of course, not only skin food, there's lots of other beautiful moisturizers out there as well. So probably look at something like that. Have a think about what you've eaten or what you've been in contact with. So, and then if if it doesn't clear up after a while and you've tried a few things and like, let's say a while is maybe a week or two, then it's maybe time to go and see a practitioner. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that's a, a good little timeline unless obviously there's something really glaringly, oh my gosh, this feels a bit scary, you know, and you can only, you can only be the person who knows whether something's really not quite right or not. Yes. Yeah. And then would you also recommend during that sort of time where you've seen something appear on your skin or a little spot on your scalp, like something like psoriasis, which, as you've said, can be triggered by stress Mm -hmm. to kind of add in some lifestyle change there, uh, you know, a little bit of a 10 minute meditation a couple of times a day, you know, just things that sort of bring your adrenals back into to relaxed state. And yes. Absolutely, because yes, our symptoms is uh, basically trying to communicate with mm. us. We we are doing something that's the homeostasis in our body, so it's ups- upsetting the homeostasis in our body. Mm. So it's your body is basically asking you to stop and have a look at what you're doing, yeah. what you're eating, or you know what your lifestyle, or yeah, all of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. And another thing that a lot of people are convinced to use uh, when it comes to uh, having skin issues, because we see skin issues as often being dirty, especially adults when they have them. And so you can sometimes think you've got to clean more or you've got to use aggressive cleansers or products mm-hmm. that contain triclosan. Now, can you just, because triclosan is a really nasty ingredient, but could you, from a scientific perspective, just explain to everybody what that is and why we really shouldn't be reaching for products that contain it? Okay, yes. Yeah, so um, tri- triclosan is an antibacterial um, substance mm. and it's added to toothpaste, a, a quite a well-known toothpaste brand and kids toys oh they're just added to mm, anything really yeah. and so of course it's antibacterial so it's, it's going to wipe out the good guys as well yes okay and um, so that's the big issue there so it's going to wipe out the good guys on your skin because they just like in your gut you also have bacterial flora on your skin and mm-hmm. good bacteria basically keeps the bad guys in check 
So that's basically why it's not a good idea. Right. So you're wiping out the good guys and the bad guys as well. But, of Mm -hmm. course, because you've got this underlying skin condition, the bad guys are going to naturally proliferate at a faster rate than the good guys in terms of replenishing themselves. That's right. And then you've got a serious issue because it's just going to make it worse and worse. Yeah, that's right. So it's really the good guys because it's basically the surface area that they take up. So mm-hmm. the, the good bacteria in your gut and on your skin takes up this, most of the surface, surface area so they don't allow the bad guys to proliferate. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you uh, wipe out the good bacteria, then there's space for the bad bacteria to proliferate. Basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally selfishly asked that because someone <laughs> very close to me uses a very mainstream cleanser that has triclosan in it. So I'm going to make him listen to this. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> because nothing I say gets in there. <laughs> I even tried to remove it when he came back from a, a trip that he and uh, I, I'm totally giving it away now if I say he and my mum. <laughs> Um, went away on last year but then it was replaced and I just you know sometimes when people are told you've got to use this by one health professional it can be very confusing if another one then comes in and says no no don't use that please don't use that Mm. you know there's all these conflicting messages but I completely agree with the logic that if it is going to wipe out all bacteria good and bad Mm. and then because you've got the condition the bad guys proliferate further um, and faster, then it just makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, it's also this. I mean, we wouldn't want to take antibiotics um, every day mm. <laughs> for the rest of our lives to, you know, to treat a specific condition. Yeah, um, no, of course. So why would you want to put an antibacterial on your skin um, mm. every day? Uh, yeah doesn't make sense to me. No, no, it makes complete (laughs) sense. When you say that, we wouldn't put antibiotics in your mouth every day, so why are we putting Mm. a very similar thing on our skin? It just makes zero sense, in fact, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in our mouths where we need good bacteria to keep the bad guys in check. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question here because a lot of – People might be thinking about having either another child or they haven't had a child yet. For the people who are in preconception care mode, meaning preparing their bodies um, optimally to have a great, healthy, successful pregnancy and subsequent bebe, can you give us some tips? Because obviously, you know, as the generations have worn on with us using a, a, a greater amount of chemicals on our skin and in our environments, coupled with more refined foods in our diets, we're passing on worse and worse gut and skin bacteria profiles to the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. So how can we sort of start to turn the tables on this and strengthen ourselves? Is it coming back to those tips you gave that are the healing and treating of the cause in the first place earlier in our chat? Is it as simple as that? Or are there extra things you'd suggest? Okay. Um, of course, there's a wide variety of things to look at. As you've now mentioned, um, so you're not keeping the keeping the diet clean, basically, and, mm-hmm. and keeping um, whatever you put on your body also very clean. So um, it, low toxin or no toxin, basically, mm-hmm. um, is, is really important. Research have shown that if you have adequate um, intake of omega-3 fatty acids during mm-hmm. your pregnancy and also breastfeeding, there will be a lower risk 
for your baby to develop allergies and eczema. Oh, fantastic. So So a good omega supplement with your practitioner. Don't just go and grab one from the chemist. There are so many shades of grey when it comes to supplements and it's definitely better to go to a health shop if you don't want to go and see a practitioner because chances are there'll be a naturopath or a nutritionist there who have studied for many years to be able to recommend a great supplement for you that doesn't have weird nasty coatings and impurities within the Omega blend, I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, no, that's that's very, very good advice. Um, and they will also know, and hopefully they will notice, but I can also mention it now, your DHA should be at least 300 milligrams per day mm-hmm. and your EPA at least 220 milligrams per day. So that usually means about two capsules of fish oil a day. Okay, great. Good guideline. Good. And if you don't like fish oil, you can also try algae, um, omega-3 oils from, from uh, made from algae. Yeah, which is fantastic. And, you know, mm-hmm. some might argue more sustainable as well because algae reproduces itself much faster than fish can grow. And we all know that, you know, the fish are depleting in our oceans. So definitely good to look at the algae mm-hmm. option too. That's right. All right. Yeah. Cool. And then another uh, thing to look at is probiotics. So it has been shown that um, probiotics taken during pregnancy and breastfeeding can also have a protective effect against allergies and eczema. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the research is not clear on which strain yes. is the best. It's very new science, <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is very yeah. new science. So, so again, um, probably best to stick to a, a practitioner brand and good to ask a naturopath about that. Because basically, uh, practitioner brands would have done their own research and will have a better idea of what is, what is working uh, for them. Okay. Great. Uh, And then, of course, your pregnancy multivitamin, also preferably prescribed by a practitioner. Yeah. Now, because you've been the in-house Valida uh, naturopath for eight years, I want to pick your brain here. Can you give us a couple of products from the range that are a great go-to in terms of supporting our skin? I I have a personal favourite that I'm going to mention, which is the White Mallow Cream. I absolutely love that stuff um, but do you have another couple that you might want to share okay so yes I've mentioned skin food before so you know skin food has calendulin chamomile and pansy so all anti-inflammatory herbs mm-hmm. and then it also has lanolin hyperallergenic lanolin and there's just almost nothing that can absorb water and hold water as much as lanolin can mm-hmm. so um, lanolin's made from sheep's wool and it basically just, scientists think it basically creates a second reservoir in the skin. Wow. Yes, yes. So it just basically, because your skin cells will hold on to water, but an alanolin will hold on to water as mm-hmm. well. So it's just really fantastic for um, protecting the skin and building the skin barrier. We know now that people with eczema, most of them will have a deficiency in a specific protein called philadrin. Have you heard of that before? No, I haven't. Tell us what it is. Okay, yes. It's quite a new, it's quite a new uh, uh, discovery, and it's basically a protein that helps your skin cells to mature into flat bricks. You know, so as your skin cells get pushed up, mm-hmm. the outer layer of the um, epidermis, the corneal layer, basically. So as your skin cells mature, this protein will basically help them to flatten, mm. and so uh, when they flatten, they can overlap. And that means they make a very good skin barrier. It's like a wall, basically, keeping in the moisture. Brilliant. But if you have a faulty gene, then that means that the skin cells won't 
flattened like they should. So they're a little bit more round. Mm. And that means that moisture can easily escape in between them. Mm -hmm. And so they find that um, about 50% of uh, people with moderate to severe eczema have a, a faulty gene, Lagen gene. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I'm coming back to, the, you know, moisturizers and, and emollients. And that's why SkinFit works so well, because it's just such a fantastic emollient. Yeah. There's nothing like it. So if you've got this faulty gene um, mm -hmm. with the flattened protein, that's not something you can fix, right? So that's just something you have to be mindful of. And that is just not something you can fix. Yeah, that's yeah. just something. And how you know, I mean, I'm sure in the next few years there will be some standardized, standardized test, is that if you look at your palms, the palm of your hands, mm -hmm. and then... Uh, I bet everyone literally just picked up their <laughs> hand like I just did and is now studying their palms. Yes, tell us what to and do. If you have, so you, when your palms look a little bit older than they should, a little bit older than you basically... And you have many, many lines. It's called palmar hyperlinearity. Mm -hmm. And you have lots of little lines all around the base of your thumb. Mm -hmm. then, then you probably have a faulty gene. Oh, um, my gosh. I yes. have a faulty gene. I have it. I have it too. <laughs> I have it too. And other clues are that you, you have a dry skin, especially on the outside of your um, arms and the outside of your legs. Mm -hmm. it's, a bit, it's a little bit dry and can be a bit flaky. And I've had that since I was a child. So mm. I definitely have that faulty gene. Yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yes. Cool. Yes. And I think, you know, it, it is actually one of the easiest fixes though, right? You just change your products to support your needs. That's right. And this, you just have to basically moisturize, moisturize and moisturize. Mm. That is just, yeah, that's the most important thing you can do for an eczema type of skin is to moisturize. And I think people don't realize how much moisturizer they have to put on. So I've looked at an eczema association, I think it was the Allergy Association in Australia. And what they recommend for a baby, you should use 250 grams of moisturizer per week. Mm -hmm. So 250 grams is basically one of those white mallow um, bottles. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. On a baby. Any lot. baby? No, no, no. Babies with eczema okay. or babies with dry skin. Mm -hmm. no, no. Uh, and so it's basically people with that don't have this, a good skin barrier. Yeah. Um, and on the adults. 500 grams per week. Mm. And that's such a valid point. And thank you so much for mentioning exactly what that looks like. It was certainly not to sell product. <laughs> Please don't think you could use a number of brands for this function, but yes, it's actually for, you know, because if you're the parent and you've got the child who's got the eczema and you're putting it, you might think, oh, but this is way too much cream. Sure, it might be for you, but for that child, it actually might be essential. So mm. absolutely, because their skin, their skin barrier just doesn't work properly. Yeah. So you just need to supplement that, basically. Yeah. Well, it's just like a pyrrole's person having the zinc and B vitamin deficiency and having to supplement that. It's yeah. It's it's just being mindful of of your needs and um, supplementing accordingly, whether that's something you have to take or put on your skin. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what did I? Oh, I forgot now what I wanted to add. I'm sure it will come up again. Okay, cool. So, so you literally have seconds because I'm <laughs> wrapping us up. I know everything I want to know now. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, we were still talking about products. When you mentioned the white mallow, I mentioned the skin food. That's really fantastic. 
Um, and then we also have a rash relief cream. Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. My gosh, it's taken um, it's taken me out of a pickle a couple of times, <laughs> including one time when I was gardening at my um, my dad had said, could you just call in and um, and water the garden? And we have been apartment dwellers my whole life and they've just mm-hmm. bought a little house in the country for their retirement years and now there's like a huge garden. I thought I was just doing a five-minute pit stop, but 40 minutes later I was still watering. But I also saw these sort of dead-looking bits hanging off one of the plants and so I thought, oh, I'll just get all of those bits off. And they were a little bit furry. And my hands just went mental with this rash that clearly Mm. they had reacted to that Mm. and Mm. a huge dollop of rash relief cream. And I was was done in 20 minutes. It was gone. But honestly, I was contemplating driving down to the hospital. It was that bad. So it was, I just wanted to (laughs) rip my hands off. It was so itchy. So I'm not, I'm not promising that it could do that for everybody, but it's definitely Mm. a good first aid product to have in the handbag. Definitely. Yeah, there's over 32 ingredients in there. Mm. So it's a very um, potent cream. The other side of it is, you know, if you have a very sensitive skin, good to patch test on a healthy healthy side of the skin first just to make sure you don't react to that. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, there's essential oils in there. It's quite potent. Of course. And a lot of people think because it's natural, it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to react to it. But of course, you know, it's. Of course you can. You can react to anything as as is proven by eggs or nuts or or whatever. So it's yeah, patch testing is important. Very important. Yes. Now I have thought of something I want to ask you. Now I don't know if you know the answer, so I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. But something I remember with one of my old boyfriends in my twenties was he had terrible psoriasis in his scalp and he had mm. to use something I think it was like a coal tar or oh yes that yes that's right that's that's a common that's a common treatment oh my yes. gosh what can we do instead please <laughs> do we have to be rubbing an oil slick into our scalps is it really is that all we can do oh yeah <laughs> look it is it is quite a challenging con- condition mm. you know um and i certainly don't have all the answers i know there's a fungal component so basically with psoriasis it's also so you have a lot of immature cells skin cells so they don't mature mm. so they they proliferate so they grow more quickly than they should ah. Okay, and so they don't know they, how to act. Don't mature. Yeah, it's like crazy teenagers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. So you basically have all of this uh, extra skin. And so it's a fantastic breeding ground for fungal infections and bacteria and so on. And so we often find with psoriasis, it can be a fungal component as well. Mm-hmm. So antifungal treatments like a tea tree oil. Okay. Especially for the scalp, mm-hmm. that could be a that could be a good good option. I also know that UV radiation helps. So often in summertime, when people are a little bit more out and about in the in the sun, their psoriasis will get a lot better too. Mm. And and you can also go for UV radiation therapy, of course, yes. for a dermatologist as well. So those are some options. And of course, then um, looking at the diet. But I would say this is where you really need to go and see a naturopath. That specializes in, in psoriasis because it can be quite a long, hard journey. Yeah. And 
and thank you for saying a naturopath that specialises yes. in psoriasis because yes. so many of us think, oh, I'm going to see a naturopath or a mm. nutritionist or whatever type of practitioner, therefore they'll be able to help me. But just as with any doctors, you know, you do your initial training and then there's a certain element of the body that really piques your interest as a practitioner that you um, tend to go deeper into perhaps than some others. And I think it's so important for us to audit our healthcare practitioners and not just mm-hmm. assume because someone has a qualification that that should be the person to solve all of your problems okay. um, and to see things more as a partnership when you choose to work with people on your health where you feel they really have a certain level of expertise in that area before starting to work on it so that you you have that confidence yeah so important yeah I think that's that's really good advice because the body's really really complex and there's so much to know and, you know, each, you cannot know everything. No, and we expect doctors to know everything and I think mm. it's narrow-sighted. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they have done a particular type of training. Nutrition wasn't one of them. Why are we going to our doctor for nutrition advice and then getting angry when they don't know what to tell us? Or, That's right. You know, I think yes. it's just important that we have that greater understanding that there are so many different practitioners out there who will be able to help when different things come up in our lives. Lives and it's mm-hmm. we shouldn't be afraid to ask a few more qualifying questions when we're considering going and see someone, whether that will actually be the right person to help us. Because at a hundred bucks a pop or or more, you know, it's we want to we want to find someone who's really going to be able to work with us. Definitely, yeah, mm. I, I completely agree with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lisa, this was such a great chat. Gosh, we've covered a lot. Oh, good. Um, who, who thought we could talk about the skin and its conditions for an hour? Well, we, we have definitely proven that that is possible. Definitely. I hope everybody out there got something out of today. And please go to those show notes because I have a little surprise for you there that um, my good friends at Walida are helping us get some of the gorgeous things we talked about in our chat. So that's over at Lotox Life dot com forward slash podcast and you will see all about it there but for you Lisa thank you so much once again I really feel that you added a lot of value for people out there who might be experiencing skin issues or even just who don't want to experience them making sure we have a few lifestyle elements in play to keep nice strong bodies and prevent outbreaks thank you Alex it was a pleasure you're so welcome have a great day thank you Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Lotox Life podcast. I would love for you to check out the show notes as well, and you can find those at lotoxlife.com forward slash podcast. Now, if there's anything that inspired you from today's episode, I would so love to hear and have you share that maybe online. Use the Lotox Life hashtag and I can be found on Twitter or Instagram at A-L-E-X-X underscore Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Now, if you liked what you heard today and you want to join us again next time, subscribing is a great way to be notified of a new episode. So hit subscribe and I look forward to welcoming you next time. Bye for now. 